Football 24-7 across the Jake Media YouTube channel. We welcome everybody in to another edition of Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen. Eagles back to work today. Countdown to kickoff Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. The stage is set. Football officially begins tonight. And then the roller coaster begins, Johnny Mack. I welcome you uh, into the broadcast. I'm going to tell everyone about our season ticket holder giveaway in just a moment. But first, let me come to you and find out for, uh, first uh, thing on the agenda or the hit list tonight uh, is the uh, any update on Brandon Brooks, who showed up on that participation report uh, yesterday, seemed to be somewhat of a curious place for him to end up. What's the latest on Brandon Brooks? Uh, same as yesterday, limited again. And as I said on, on yesterday's show, uh, Eagles are just trying to manage him, just trying to get him to the game as healthy as possible. So the plan is there's no concern over Brandon not playing in the game. He's going to play in the game. Uh, he's one of those guys at this stage of his career coming off his injury history that they're going to go light on uh, during the week. And I think you're going to see this uh, throughout the season. And it's kind of an extension of the summer when we talked about the shortened practices and holding guys out if they had uh, slight injuries. So just about uh, managing a veteran player, trying to get him to the game. The Eagles have developed this organizational philosophy that that's more important than anything else to get certain players to the game as healthy as possible. John, when does the list officially move from a participation report to a speculation on whether or not they're going to play? Does that happen tomorrow? When when does the report actually change, yeah, uh, at least uh, from a classification standpoint? Yeah, Friday is the official injury report where you have to declare players out, uh, for instance, or questionable. Now you can always change things on Saturday as well. And this is for a typical Sunday game, obviously. Uh, the, the Buccaneers, for instance, and the Cowboys uh, playing on Thursday night, they had to get uh, everything is sped up. And obviously, uh, but on a typical Sunday week, Friday is the injury report. Uh, and you might see somebody like Davion Taylor ruled out tomorrow, um, potentially listed as questionable, uh, something of that nature. Rodney McLeod would obviously be the most notable. That's the one to keep an eye on uh, if he's able to play. I would lean towards probably not going to play in week one, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow is the day. But Brandon Brooks, from the Eagles standpoint, they plan on, on him playing Sunday in Atlanta. I know there was conversation in our report and in your report uh, yesterday here across the Jacob Media U YouTube channel, John, uh, Rodney McLeod. The conversation came up and it was put in the uh, in the context of comments that were made by Darius Slay. Now, you or you um, clarified uh, the context uh, of those comments. Do you think Rodney McLeod? will play on Sunday? 
I don't. If you if you force me to make a decision today, my guess would be that he doesn't play, and my guess would be that the Eagles are a little bit cautious. They expect him to play early in the season, whether that is week two in San Francisco, week three, we'll see. Um, but I, 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 I don't think he's going to play this week. It has nothing to do with Darius Slay with what he said. I think he was just confused as far as the pup rules, and he thought uh, Rodney would be forced to sit out a game. That is not the case. If he's healthy, he can go. He can play. He's been practicing in a limited fashion. Um, he has been practicing with a pr- pretty bulky brace on uh, his knee as he continues to rehab from an ACL injury. Just kind of a feeling you get, Jonathan Gannon. It was coordinator day, so Jonathan Gannon spoke today. Uh, some players, you, you kind of get the feeling that maybe they're looking towards Marcus Epps, Kayvon Wallace, but um, that's just speculation at this point. We'll get a clearer indication tomorrow if Rodney is listed as questionable that means he's probably going to be a game time decision the story remains the same the game story uh, going into the game uh, on Sunday we've talked about it I'm sure um, you've talked about it at length whether it be on birds 365 or here on football 24 7 or perhaps in uh, one of the columns that you've put out for Sports Illustrated Um, Leading into the game in Atlanta, there's a couple of stories that are on the front page that are uh, that fans will focus in on. We know Jalen Hurts uh, is uh, one of those lines is is part of that story. Um, Is it so is it more Jalen or is it Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins who will tell the story of how well Jalen Hurts does on Sunday? Well, I, you know, I I think it all kind of uh, is, you know, a tapestry, so to speak. It's all, you know, Jalen, for him to play well, uh, yeah, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins uh, need to play well. And by the way, add in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, and all the playmakers of the offensive line. That's what football is. Now, if you talk about the great quarterbacks and you'll see the greatest quarterback of all time tonight uh, as the NFL kicks off the season, look, let's be honest, they elevate players around them. Um, Aaron Rodgers, probably the most notable example uh, uh, right now uh, of the modern quarterbacks, probably the guy who elevates people more than anyone else. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, certainly in that category. Um can Jalen Hurts do that? It's really difficult to put that kind of uh, uh, production or, or expectation on the plate uh, of a young quarterback who started four games. So I, I do think it's got to be more of a village, so to speak. It takes a village in Philadelphia with Nick Sirianni's offense because you're, you're relying on so many young, unproven players. And it starts at quarterback and and certainly receiver when you're talking about the playmakers. The veterans on this team are on the offensive line. Um, If they're healthy, that group will probably be good. And then you have the running backs, which is sort of a little bit of uh, experience, uh, but uh, still need more production from that group. So 
a lot of questions with the Eagles offense. And when you have a lot of questions generally, and I say this all the time, Joe, they're not all answered in a positive fashion. There's going to be some negatives. And, and if, if, if lightning strikes and everything's positive, you might have a great season, but that rarely happens in the NFL. So that's, that's kind of where the Eagles are in this process. You you muted yourself, Joe. Sorry about that. Thank you, John. I'm, I'm lo- my light's not coming on. I need Xander to put the light on. I'm <laughs> muting. I'm all discombobulated. Uh, I want to stay with uh, on Devonte Smith for a little bit. I did. I went back in time a little bit, back, uh, a, a little bit uh, early this morning, look, looking at some of our pre-draft conversations listening to some of your conversations with Jody Mack uh, about uh, Devontae Smith, looking at some of the national coverage uh, in terms of how they analyzed uh, Devontae Smith and and, and how effective he could be, um, why he was a top three or four receiver uh, coming out of the draft. And it was really dynamic to be able to listen to some of those comments. Many of those comments, Johnny Mack, uh, were made by you. Uh, His vision, his route running, his aggressiveness to the football, to the 50-50 balls. Some of that, you, you don't get a chance to see that in training camp. You will on Sunday. And I guess my point in this long-winded statement is that Devontae Smith could be the guy uh, that is the difference maker right out of the box, maybe more so than Kyle Pitts on the other side of the ball. Or not on the other side of the ball, but on uh, but on the yeah, Atlanta the other side. Yeah, you know, look, I, I mean, you know, Kyle is, they're both top 10 players. You know, I think if you look at Kyle Pitts, um, different pl- type of player, uh, which I said on Birds 365, might have said it with you. He's just so unique. I mean, he's six foot six. He's two hundred forty pounds. He's a tight end, so he's too big for cornerbacks to deal with. Um, he's too fast. He's too quick for linebackers or safeties to deal with. So he looks like on paper, he looks like a matchup nightmare. Um, and we'll see. And the Eagles are definitely concerned because Jonathan Gannon was talking about him. Anthony Harris was talking about him. Everybody was talking about him. They can see the physical gifts that he has. Devontae Smith has a number of, of physical gifts. He's got tremendous short area quickness. He's a, he's a great route runner, as you said. Uh, what he doesn't, that you know, what makes one guy the first position player selected in the draft over the other guy is, is that physical uniqueness. Devonte doesn't have that at 166 pounds. So that's my lone concern with Devonte Smith. And to be honest, you got to be realistic. He got hurt, hurt twice in training camp, Joe. Um, one more serious than the other uh, with the sprained MCL, but he was also banged up uh, again later in camp where he had to come off the field for a little bit of practice. So, you know, if you're not at least a little bit concerned about that, you should be, and and we'll see how it shakes out. They're both tremendously talented players, and I think if you look at it from an Eagles perspective, 
the most exciting thing about Devontae Smith, and I always use Jordy Nelson in Green Bay as the example of this. When he was at the top of his game, he was an all-pro receiver. The Packers had this great uh, trio of receivers. Uh, Randall Cobb uh, was one of the best, maybe the best slot receiver in the NFL at the time. And then Jordy tore his ACL. <clears throat> and everybody had to be elevated. And Randall Cobb, who was a great number two, couldn't be a number one. He just wasn't cut out for it. So it became more difficult for the whole group. It was a domino effect. You want the reverse of that with Devontae Smith. You want him to be that legitimate wide receiver one, the legitimate number one all-pro wide receiver. And if he becomes that, that makes things easier for Jalen Rager, who's probably not a number one wide receiver. But maybe he's a good number two receiver. Maybe Quez Watkins is a good number three receiver, and those dominoes fall into place. I think that's the hope with what Devontae Smith can bring to this offense because he's the guy that opposing defenses will be keying on at the wide receiver position, and that will make things easier for Rager and Watkins, at least in theory. It's no uh, secret, Johnny Mac, that um, every time you drop into our household or you do Birds 365 and work with Xander on producing that show, uh, this is a roll-tied family. Xander <laughs> went to uh, the University of Alabama, so we've had the opportunity and and we've been educated and schooled uh, about um, – about how good Devonte Smith is, about his vision, about his ability uh, to get those yaks, those yards after catch, and his ability to use his vision to do so. We would even say that, hey, can he go over the top as a receiver? Yes, we think he can because he did it in college. But can he do that on an NFL field? Is does he have the ability to be an over the top type of receiver? Uh, in your thought, in, in your estimation? I, I think he can get deep. I, I think he, I think the, the beautiful thing about Devontae Smith is he's a well-rounded receiver. A lot of deep threats in this league aren't that well-rounded, and otherwise they can pop the top on the defense, but they can't do the intermediate stuff, the underneath stuff. I think that's the most exciting part of Devontae Smith is he can do everything at least from a perspective of, of route running the route tree. Um, and that that is makes you even more valuable. However, when you're, in theory, when you're getting so much traffic underneath and in the intermediate zones, you probably want, it, want that deep threat coming from a, a different player. And that's why I think just the fit, you know, Quez Watkins can obviously run. The one great thing about the Eagles trio, the projected trio of receivers is Devontae Smith is the slowest of the group. So um, speed is not an issue and Devontae's not slow. <laughs> the other guys are just really, really fast and especially Quez Watkins. So um, I do think, you know, you want a, a sort of um, uh, complimentary aspect to it. And because Devontae's He's going to be the traffic guy. You probably want Quez Watkins to be more of the deep threat guy, but we'll see how it shakes out. 
Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Details coming up about our season ticket holder giveaway, uh, which has a lot of buzz in the market. Two tickets, two uh, Eagles tickets for every home game on the 2021 schedule, and that would be eight home games uh, this year. Uh, nine away games. Johnny Mack has punched his ticket, as we said yesterday, for all 17 uh, of those games, and he'll be reporting on the new live post-game show. Big announcement about the live post-game show. We'll have that uh, later on uh, in the week uh, before we get uh, to uh, Sunday. Uh, Johnny Mack, uh, let me ask you uh, one last thought uh, about the offense, and then we'll transition. We'll get into some of the other variables that are happening on this game. I'm old school. I've never professed myself to be a football expert, but I've always believed that you have to be able to run the ball. If you're going to pass effectively, you have to have some sort of a running game or else if you don't, you're in trouble. You're never going to pass your way to victory with consistency if you don't have some semblance of a running game, which would then lead you to Miles Sanders and or Kenny Gainwell or Jordan Howard to be able to provide that. But do you think they will have that? I may be way off base uh, in my theory, but do you think they'll have any sort of a running attack in this offense? Yeah, I mean, I think the running game is going to be a big part of this offense, and don't discount Jalen Hurts' role in that as well as a quarterback who can run the football. I think uh, a big part of this offense is going to be the running game, but maybe not the traditional running game. Like the old-school Philadelphia fan, as you described yourself, Joe, Uh, who thinks about just lining up with a fullback and running the football. No, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be a modern RPO-style offense where the quarterback runs the football. Yeah, Miles Sanders is going to run the football. Um, So they want to be balanced. Uh, But I do think the days are past where uh, you say, let's establish the run. And in a lot of ways, I think the modern NFL is about establishing the pass so you can run. Um, I know, you know, Joe Banner always says you want to establish the pass to get the lead so you can run. In the old days, you wanted to establish the run. So that's sort of the difference. Um, but the Eagles realize the strength of their team right now and and their quarterback is, is the dual threat ability, and they want to take advantage of that. So um, – whether it's the quarterback running the football, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, um, even Jordan Howard, it could be elevated for the game from the practice squad. Um, yeah, the Eagles uh, want to be balanced, uh, but you also have to be realistic. To win consistently in the modern NFL, you're going to have to throw the football in. You know, we mentioned to Patrick Mahomes. Well, if you're playing Kansas City and they're on the Eagles schedule. You're going to have to find a way to score some points. You're you're not going to uh, beat Kansas City 17 to 14 with Smith 
smash mouth football. They're going to score. So if you want to beat them, you got to find ways to score and you got to find ways to throw the football. So the theory of I'd rather be third and three, 70% of the game than third and nine, eat the clock, hold it and move the ball may not apply as may, may not apply at all. No, I mean, Chip Kelly was the first one who said time of possession doesn't matter. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it it certainly doesn't matter uh, to where it once did uh, because, you know, and again, I'll use Kansas City because they're probably the most explosive team in the NFL. You could argue Green Bay, I I guess. But those types of teams, um, look, they might score uh, with a four-play 80-yard drive. Um, and they're not going to hold the football for a long time, but you're going to look up and say, uh Oh, it's 14, nothing. And you might have 11 minutes to four minutes of possession time. It doesn't matter. uh, And you know, when you have these explosive offenses and the game has been legislated into that, it's just uh, too easy to throw the football for teams that have quarterbacks that can throw the football. And that's, where the Eagles are in sort of a purgatory. We have to figure out, can we compete? uh, Can they compete with teams who can throw the football right now? I would probably lean towards no, uh, but you got to get back to that point. Let's spend the last uh, eight or nine minutes that we have before we punch out uh, Johnny Mac on some of the those intangibles going into uh, the game uh, on Sunday. Um, first, two new head coaches going into the game. Who gets yeah, the I, upper? I, who gets the upper hand there? Is there any way to I know? Think, I think the Eagles have a slightly upper hand for this reason. While our Arthur Smith is new as a head coach. Um, Dean Pease, their defensive coordinator, has um, been around for a very long time. Um, I believe he's he's over 70s, longtime defensive coordinator in Baltimore, longtime defensive coordinator in Tennessee. Um, Arthur Smith talked about a retirement to come back. So while you have that newness, you have a lot of – film a lot of tape out there to know how Dean Peace plays defense. And that part of it's probably not going to change that much. So the Eagles probably have a little bit of an advantage where they have a first time head coach, first time defensive coordinator, uh, both sides. But I will say Jonathan Gannon and Arthur Smith are, are good friends and know each other very well. They were on the same Titans coaching staff for two years. Um, so they kind of know each other and they talk about football all the time. Uh, so I, I do think, you know, probably because of the closeness of, of some of the coaches uh, on both teams that maybe that part of this narrative is being a little bit uh, overemphasized. Talked yesterday, Johnny Mac, about making Matt Ryan uncomfortable is it, it, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, they'll do that, I would assume, against that offensive line. Uh, And and you need to make him uncomfortable to 
shut down that offense. Although, uh, I think Calvin Ridley's legit. You know, I think they'll get, uh, I think Mike Davis is, is dangerous uh, coming in the game. I think he'll get his 100-plus all-purpose yards. Uh, you know, so I do think there is, you can make a case for Atlanta of putting points on the board or at least moving the football, right? Well, yeah, and, and anytime you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan, it's kind of what I just said, you know, he can throw the football. So the, from that standpoint, you know, you're going to have some big plays. And you know, Calvin Ridley, you talk about him, he's one of probably one of the more underrated receivers in the league, a little bit overshadowed uh, over the years because of the presence of, of Julio Jones. Uh, but now he's going to be the number one guy, and I think he's ready to handle that role. I think he's a really, really good receiver. Um, and then we talked about Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is sort of the – he's a rookie, but I can tell you the Eagles are concerned uh, because of his physical gifts. Um, I'm not as much with you if, with Mike Davis. I think, you know, that's where, um, you know, the Falcons are, are sort of uh, a little bit weaker on paper than the Eagles. I think the Eagles have the deeper roster, the more talented roster. Um, you mentioned the easiest way to get a quarterback uncomfortable is to rush him right up the middle with the interior rush. Um Falcons are going to start a rookie third-round pick at left guard, Jalen Mayfield. Uh, Eagles have Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave uh, right up the middle. That that could be a big, big advantage uh, for the Eagles, and that could be the tail of the game, to tell you the truth, if they can dominate and make Matt Ryan uncomfortable. But if Matt Ryan's got time to throw, Calvin Ridley and Cal Pitts are probably going to get open against this secondary. I know you challenged me on a statement that I made in one of our training camp reports, uh, Johnny Mac. And obviously I lose that challenge to you every time I get that. Um, but <laughs> I, I wish Jody would get that. <laughs> <clears throat> I didn't think Darius Slay had a great season last year. Now, I feel as though from what you've reported and what from what we've what we know from training camp, the addition of Steve Nelson or Steven Nelson, whichever one it is that he wants to be, um, which is fine, um, will help Darius Slay to the point that perhaps Darius Slay will be the player that we thought he was going to be last year. What do you say to that? Well, I don't think Darius had a great uh, season, uh, but I don't think he had a bad season. I, I think part of it is, and he talked this week, and he said he had one and a half bad games, um, um, which is probably fair. Uh, and I, I think there's sort of a disconnect with, uh, again, I talk about the modern uh, game of football, which I talked about in the passing versus the running game. I think people think about lockdown corners and there's no such thing as a lockdown. They're not allowed to be lockdown corners uh, because 
of all the rule changes, of all the advantages they give to the offensive side of the football. Yeah, but you can be a playmaker. You can play corner and be – you can be a playmaker there. You can make yeah, plays. Yeah, I mean, there are guys step on Gilmore, for instance, uh, Jalen Ramsey. But you see these herky-jerky natures of their career. Gilmore's the defensive player of the year, and then the next year he's struggling. Ramsey – uh, is the best cornerback in football the next year. They're running him out of Jacksonville because he's not playing well. Um, there's this herky-jerky nature to the position because it's so difficult to play. Uh, Slay would be the first to tell you he's got to turn the football over more. Um, and and that part of it was a little bit disappointing. However, you know, as I say, if you're going to attack the Eagles – you're not throwing it at Slay a lot. You're throwing it at Steve Nelson. You're throwing it at Avante Maddox. Same thing last year. Um, why, uh, why challenge the guy if you don't have to challenge the guy? And that kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of, of not as many turnovers as you were expecting. But he acknowledged he had a bad game against DK Metcalf, who's this big physical receiver had a bad half against Green Bay. And other than that, he was pretty good. Uh, and he's been the best corner the Eagles have had since, you know, you might have to go back to Lido Shepard and Sheldon Brown. And I expect him to play better uh, this season than he played last season. We'll be giving out the John McMullen gold football after each game on the live post game show, it's the gold football because wow. I sold a sponsorship to it, John. So more on that as we get into the live post game show. Um, but the game ball will continue uh, into the season. Speaking of that, don't forget the live post game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, Lane Johnson, and of course, John McMullen checking in from the stadium. Right as soon as kickoff ends, we go live here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, 6abc.com, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku TV, and Fire TV, and more to come with a couple more announcements as the season uh, gets closer uh, to Sunday. The countdown to kickoff is officially on. Last prediction from Johnny Mac. Who will have the better spot in the stat column? Jalen Hurts or Matt Ryan? Rookie or veteran, John? Mm, you got to go with the veteran. I mean, that's the thing. But, you know, Matt is just a more accomplished. And obviously, uh, you also have uh, Calvin Ridley as the most accomplished receiver on the field. And then you talk about the uncertainties with Kyle Pitts and Devontae Smith. Um Look, Matt is a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. I think he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. If you look at his numbers, they're off the charts, and they've been off the charts for over a decade. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts is a, a quarterback who will be starting his fifth game. So I think that's a little bit unfair. Now, if you want to add running into it and you want to add that into the mix, you know, if Jalen Hurts throws for – 150 yards and Matt Ryan throws for 320. Uh, but the Eagles win the football game because Jalen Hurts also runs for 105 yards, something of that nature. 
That's all. You're just trying to win the game, Krause, by yep. hook or by crook. And I always say with Jody, you know, baseball is the game for stats. That is a statistical game. Football, there's a lot of context to all these stats. Great stuff. We'll find out on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And, of course, football gets underway. Uh, and we are all back and good across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. One last thing, Johnny Mac, just you can, as you know, I want to remind all of our subscribers a pair of season tickets. Uh, we're giving it away on Friday night, the 17th of September, just in time for you to pick up your pair of tickets for the home opener on Sunday. More to come. Stay tuned to the Jacob Media YouTube channel for all of the details. But what must you be, Johnny Mac? You must subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And Jody was yelling at people. I loved it this morning because he was yelling at people. If you're watching the show, you're sharing the show, you're watching the clips, why not subscribe? You might have a chance to win. I love that. Good stuff. Uh, uh, back tomorrow on Birds 365, and then you depart for uh, Hotlanta uh, on Saturday. Great stuff from John McMullen. Thanks to all of our viewers for tuning in. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Leave your comments below. On behalf of John McMullen, Xander Krause, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.